self-love. I think that body image issues are a physical manifestation of wanting to feel Welcome to The Boundless Self, a podcast that is here to explore all of the ways in which we limit ourselves. Together, we will explore the deep, messy, exciting, and often uncomfortable topics to identify and heal everything that keeps you from believing in your boundless potential. I'm your host, Kathleen McBride, and becoming boundless changed everything for me. Now I run a life and a business embracing my own fears and helping people all around the world to believe in themselves. Tune into each episode and join me on your journey of becoming your most boundless self. Welcome back to The Boundless Self, and today is a very exciting episode because it kicks off season two of the podcast. So thank you so much for your patience and having season two come out and being here to listen. I have a really, really special guest with us today. Her name is Sarah Simpson and she is a body image coach. And we're going to have a really incredible conversation today around healing the body image wound, but also when stress comes into that, particularly times of transition in your life or stressful periods. And you're going through that journey of healing the body image wound and it continues to resurface. And sometimes it can feel like you're going back to square one. But today we're going to talk about that. We're going to share some tips and tricks and hear a bit of Sarah's story. So Sarah, welcome to the show. Do you want to introduce yourself and tell us about you? Yeah, so I'm Sarah, um, Sarah in yellow, as a lot of people know me, because that's like my Instagram name from years and years ago. But yeah, like you said, I'm a body image coach. This is my full-time profession. I've been doing this for almost three full years now, which is so crazy. And I'll spare you the whole sap story of my life. But long story short, I started doing this a couple of years ago when I had struggled with eating disorders myself and had struggled with body image. I mean, since before I could remember, I was just having a conversation with my group program and asking them about like their earliest memories and sharing with them my earliest memories of body insecurity. And we were talking about how early it goes back. So really like the body image experience has been my entire life. But I got to this point in my career where I was getting my health coaching certification. And I realized that I didn't know anybody that talked about body image and how to better it. I just heard a lot of conversations about weight loss and liking your body better based on what it looks like by being smaller. And I thought to myself, like, I've lost the weight. I've done all of the quote unquote, perfect eating of, you know, that leads to eating disorders. And it didn't work for me. I didn't like my body better. I didn't like myself better. So there's got to be a way to do it different, to find that self-love, to find that self-acceptance and that balanced wellness. And so I became a coach and now that's what I do full-time. Um, I love it. I could talk about it forever. I know we already talked for like 20 minutes before we started recording because it's so easy to talk about, but yeah, that's a little bit about me. Oh, also I am based out of the US, but I also live in Asia for most of the year in Bali. So that's a fun little twist. <laughs> yes, Bali baby. So good, hey? And yeah, you you made such a beautiful point there about the early memories that we each hold around body image. And um, every person I've spoken to has some sort of almost like scarring root memory of the first time we're they kind of stopped and who was I interviewing before? Who was it? I've just forgotten her name, but I'll insert it. But last year I interviewed a lovely lady and she said there's a moment in a in a young person's life where they go from seeing the world from the outside, from the inside out, and then they flip and realize, oh my God, I'm an object to be judged. 
People see me mm. as an object. People are looking at my body. People are judging me. Whereas, and there's that key moment where the shift happens. And that's when mm. self-conscious, that word starts to exist and it starts coming in, right? Even in, I actually watched the Barbie movie recently, um, which I'm sure everybody has. Um, and there's that moment where she's going, I'm feeling really conscious of myself. And this is a weird feeling. And it is, it's a very strange feeling when you go from, living inside your body and experiencing life and sensation and food to realizing, oh my God, I'm a thing to be judged. And that's such a pivotal moment in a young person's life. And it's something that we can carry with us for so long. Yeah. Sarah, I'd love for you to share a little bit more about what it was like for you healing the body image wound and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, I, like I said earlier, I did the whole dieting thing and it became an eating disorder for me. It doesn't for everybody, but it, it does become disordered to some extent for a lot of people. And I think I've spent so much of my like current healing, because this really is a lifelong journey, focusing on all of the younger experiences, like you were just saying. But that pivotal moment for me where I really started the healing was. I got to my goal weight. Like I, I got there. I stepped on the scale one morning, like I did every morning um, with none of my clothes on after I'd gone to the bathroom and I hadn't had any water so that I could be as light as possible. This was the ritual. And I finally saw that number on the scale. I, it was there. I still remember this clear as day. Like it's like a movie scene in my brain. And I just, was I just felt nothing like I just looked at myself in the mirror as I was doing this and I didn't feel all of those things I expected to feel I didn't feel body confident I didn't feel proud of myself I didn't feel like my boobs were finally nice enough and my butt was finally nice enough and my stomach was finally flat enough even though it was flat because in my brain it was just never enough and for me I had to get to that rock bottom point of literally there being like no way to question if I had been successful or not, you know, in air quotes with weight loss. And I still wasn't satisfied. So that was really the turning point for me of me realizing like I did all the things that they said I had to do in order to love myself. And I still don't like my body and I don't feel beautiful and I don't feel good enough. And on top of that, you get to that point where you're like, oh, once I finally lose the weight, I'll be happy. I'll feel beautiful. I'll be happy. Everybody will love me. I'll love myself. Everything will be good. Then you have to reckon with the fact that your relationships with food and movement are messed up. Like that is hard because I remember getting to that point and thinking to myself, like, I finally done it. I'm here. Now everything can go back to normal. And then I was like, no, all of my thoughts around food are so skewed. They're so obsessive. There's, it never stops. Like as soon as I'm eating, I'm already thinking about the next meal. I'm still counting calories like and if I stop I'll gain the weight back so it's just all of that fear doesn't go away when you hit the goal weight so for me that was really that point where I realized like this is scam like this doesn't work because if you get to the goal weight you still have to keep it all off it's exhausting it's so exhausting so for me I realized like weight loss doesn't work I can have really good nutrition I can move my body but it doesn't have to come from a place of needing to change myself. So let me figure out how to do that. And so 
like I said, I've been Sarah in yellow on Instagram for years. That's my Instagram handle. And it's, you know, the account that I use for my coaching now, but it's been a personal blog since I was, oh, 19, I think I'm 25 now. So I've had it for yeah six or seven years. And, you know, it was just a, a personal blog first. And then it was a weight loss and nutrition blog. And then it was an, I have an eating disorder blog. And then it was a, I'm going through recovery. And so I cataloged a lot of that part of my life for a long time. And I realized that a lot of people really resonated with it. And I think that that's really the core thing that led me on this path to becoming a coach, because I realized I'm helping them so much by sharing, but undeniably they're helping me so much too. That community, that validation through connection is life-changing in your healing journey. And that's what put me on to coaching where I realized this connection is so essential to the deeper healing because you need that validation of like, what happened to you was wrong. The way you think about yourself, you're, it's not just something wrong with you. It's something that is wrong with this whole system and that we can fix. And that's really what attracted me to coaching and simultaneously put me on this healing journey and on this career path at the same time. Oh, wow. I loved how you said, not only am I helping them, they're actually really helping me. And I think that is such a beautiful point. And when it comes to social media, it can be a really scary world, right? But it can also be incredibly healing and connecting. But where we go wrong, I think, is we don't connect in vulnerability, we connect in perfection. And mm. we see people like you, and there's so many more people now coming out and being incredibly vulnerable about the shit that they're going through. And when we see that vulnerability, that level of openness, and we were speaking about it before we hit record, but if you don't follow Sarah on Instagram, please go and follow her because I said to her, you are so brave in what you share on social media and the conversations that you're having. And what inspired me to kind of hit up Sarah to say, hey, can we get on the podcast together and talk, was the fact that she's honest that body image wounds still come up. Even though Sarah is a body image coach, she's so much further than she was. And I really resonate with this as well. Like I also had an eating disorder as well. I'm so much further along than I was, but the moments still come, don't they? They still come rearing back. And it doesn't mean that you failed. It doesn't mean that you've gone backwards. It's a effect of both your subconscious and all the programming that you have inside your brain, but also the society that we live in that, continues to deliver us this message that our body defines our worth and you need to look a certain way in order to be loved and it's gotten so much better I think from you know you know 15 20 years ago when I was watching my mom go through Weight Watchers it has improved a lot but it's almost gotten sneakier you know mm -hmm. and now we're seeing it on social media in different ways but what I just love and admire about you Sarah is the bold, vulnerable, courageous as fuck conversations that you have on social media about not only what's coming up in your journey, but how you're approaching, you know, thinking of your future self. Because when we have those moments where the body image wound comes up, you can totally go fall back into, you know, I'm going to weigh myself. I'm going to jump on a diet. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that, whatever it looks like. But I really see you setting those boundaries for future you and those conversations that you've, you're having. And I'd love you to talk a bit about the video that kind of set me onto you in the first place, which was the video about being the bigger friend. And mm -hmm. I'd love for you to share, yeah, what was, what was coming up for you in those moments and, and what inspired that? 
Yeah, I have had a lot of body image struggles, um, including like bullying about my body when I was younger and just self-talk that was negative, like really internal body image struggles too. Like my body has been like the center of my focus for so many years, like since those super early memories. And one of the things that I realized was really challenging for me. I realized this just a few months ago, but I realized that it's something I've experienced for a long time is that a lot of my friends are smaller than me. And I realized this because I was in Bali and I was thinking about all of these friends that are like some of the most amazing women I've ever met. Like they are incredible people inside and out. And I was just kind of thinking about them, like very visual persons, thinking about them in my mind. And I was like, they're all tiny people. Like they're all just, 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 I say this, I've been saying this a lot. Like I attract tiny people. I don't know what it is. Like all my best friends are just like little people and they're so cute. And I can't imagine how like so much of a human has been packed into such a fun size, but I've noticed that I'm frequently like taller than all my friends and I'm not even that tall. I'm bigger than all my friends and I'm not in, you know, like a plus size body. So there's so much privilege I still have within privilege and all of that, but I'm frequently bigger than my friends. And so standing next to them, I feel like a giant and like, nonetheless, if I'm wearing heels and they're not like, you know, I can't share clothes with them, all of these things. I mean, me realize like I consistently have friends that are way smaller than me. And so I woke up one morning in Bali and I was just thinking about my friends and I was like, it is so difficult loving them so much, them as humans, not being bad for my body image, but being around them sometimes being a source of struggle for me. And it's nothing that they're doing. It's just the fact that like, I'm constantly comparing myself. It's so hard for me not to notice. I'm the tallest one here. I'm the biggest one here. I can't borrow your clothes. Uh, you don't understand what it's like for a man to tell you that he's not attracted to you because you have a belly. Like you just have never experienced that. And it's a really hard experience because it's not their fault. Like it's not anything that they've done wrong, but we so often can get frustrated and we can so often get upset. And I just wanted to open that conversation in my community. I remember opening the conversation and being like, I have no idea how this is going to go. I don't know if my friends are going to see this and get offended. Like I was really careful about what I said because I wanted to emphasize that it's, it really has like nothing to do with them in a way like they don't say anything or do anything that makes me feel small like small as a person um bad about myself but you know I just didn't know how that was going to go because there's a lot of people in smaller bodies that that follow my work that I've worked with as clients there's my friends who follow my work because they love me and they support me there's people in bodies bigger than mine that I didn't want to offend by you know saying what was me I feel like the big one in the friend group and it ended up being just such a positive conversation because the way I phrased it was if you're the bigger friend or the smaller friend here's how we can honor each other's needs and set good boundaries with each other around body talk and understand each other's experiences because they are different we don't have to pretend to know what it's like to be a size 18 or a size 2 I don't know what either of those things are like because I haven't experienced them, but we can love each other and show up for each other in a very intentional way that makes it not matter so much if we can actually have the exact same experiences because we can still have compassion for each other.
Yeah, that's so beautiful. <laughs> and like, again, like look at how beautifully you framed that conversation. And it, it was just like, look, this isn't about shaming people or saying that you're wrong. It's about how can we support each other and how can we educate each other about our experiences, right? And it was mm -hmm. such a, a brave, powerful and vulnerable share. And it was also, I remember really seeing you honor the fact that people in smaller bodies may also have body image issues and they may also be wanting to lose weight or this or that. And you really spoke up about what you might need in regards to them having conversations with you about that. And that mm -hmm. was really cool to see because we all have such different experiences. And I've actually been speaking to a lot of men recently who've been struggling with the body image wound. And that opened my eyeballs up so much because in my little brain I thought oh my god it's only women that struggle with this and I was like no oh, it's yeah. not shout out to my male clients they <laughs> make me yeah. have so much hope for the future because they have so much courage reaching out to me to do body image work together they are I mean I love all of my clients for different reasons but the men that I work with like that is so challenging because there's no dialogue about that there's a lot of, you know, it's very different for women and, but we have a lot of conversations about it, which is a privilege, but yeah, sorry, not to totally derail our conversation, but no. the men and body is just right. such it's, a it's important topic. Yeah. It's mind blowing. And I also found it strangely comforting mm. realizing that almost that, you know, body image wounding doesn't discriminate. Anyone can experience it. Eating mm -hmm. disorders don't discriminate. Anyone can experience them. And it's really interesting to see what their experiences have been like with it as well, you know? Um, but mm -hmm. that, that is a whole different podcast, which we should jam on. <laughs> we need to find I would love to. Male body image coach. Wouldn't that be incredible? Yeah. Um, but Sarah, what I actually really wanted to ask was in your experience at a, as a body image coach, what do you think is at the root of that body image wound? Mm, such a good question. Oh my God, where do I even start? I have so <laughs> and many it's probably answers not I could give one you. thing. Like, you know, yeah. but I'm curious in your experience, what have you noticed within people, within your clients? Mm, not to sound so woo-woo, because we love being woo-woo, but it's not really my shtick. I think it's all about love. I think that body image issues are a physical manifestation of wanting to feel safe and wanting to feel accepted because as humans, we're social creatures. Like we need community to survive, much less thrive. And it's all about feeling loved and love can be a lot of different things. Love can be safety. It can be acceptance. It can be romantic love. It can be friendship love, but body image and confidence as a whole, which is really like what so much of my work is about, but body image is, it can threaten all of that. It can threaten your ability to feel like you, like me describing my friends, like me feeling like I fit in around them. It can threaten your ability to have strong relationships, whether it's because you believe that you don't deserve them because of what you look like or because you self-sabotage once you're in them because you're insecure. It can really challenge your relationships with your family too. Like a lot of my healing has been realigning my expectations for my relationships in my life because, you know, like with my parents, for example, they are incredible people and incredible parents. And a lot of what I experienced affected my body image as I grew up. 
And so that's put a strain on our relationships. And so body image has been like this force to be reckoned with that has threatened love for me and safety and, you know, everything I want in my future. I want financial stability, that's safety and love too. And I want a relationship and I want a family and I want really amazing friends and all of these things. And so I think that wanting to feel confident in our body or feeling like we are not good enough in our body is just this physical representation of feeling like we're not good enough inside. And that comes from so many different places, which is why with this question of like the root of it, I have so many things I could say. Um, but yeah, I think as far as like the root of what it's about, it's wanting to feel loved. Yes, like love, connection, acceptance. It's really meeting that core human need, right? Of belonging. Mm -hmm. And I think belonging, in the society yes. that we live in, a mm -hmm. really easy way for us to realize that we don't belong or we're not worthy of love is the appearance thing because of the messages that we continually receive. I remember being, you know, 11 years old and going into the supermarket with my mum and spending 20 minutes while she was doing the shopping, reading these horrific magazines, just ripping women apart and men, you know, um, and it was awful to read it, but I was so involved and I was so like being so young, you are just, your brain is just absorbing all this information. You know, you're not, you don't have the ability to decipher is this something I want to enter into my brain and into my belief systems, or is this not going to help me? Mm -hmm. You were just a sponge. You were just going, oh, you know, let me just absorb every single message out there that I can see that has come from some sort of authority, which the media is in our world. It mm -hmm. is such an authority in a young person's mind. And it's so incredible to look back at those memories and those moments. But I love what you said that it's about love. It's about love. And at the end of the day, right, this is, again, we were talking about this before. Life is about people and relationships. Your well-being, majority of it is based on your connection to people, mm -hmm. aka mm -hmm. love, right? And mm -hmm. if you don't have that connection, the first question we ask ourselves is, what have I done or what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. At our core, and I really specialize in inner child work, and I think this is where I see so much of the wounding begin, as a child, you're extremely egotistical. That's built into your brain as a child is everything's my fault. I did something wrong. And it's to help you survive. It's to help you try and get that love and get that belonging and get your needs met. But it actually works in reverse, doesn't it? It causes us to be extremely insecure people moving forward. And again, it's what's wrong with me. What have I done? Mm -hmm. You know, when often it's about some, it's not, it's nothing to do with you. When somebody, you know, even the earliest memories I have are of my mum going to Weight Watchers and watching these women line up, get on the scales, get their meal plans and their books and their, you know, whatever it was and seeing the expression on their faces and knowing that my mum was either going to be happy and happy to connect with me afterwards if she lost the weight she wanted to, or she was going to be sad. And mm -hmm. if she was sad, it was, what did I do? Right. Mm -hmm. and absorbing those messages so easily to be like, oh, losing weight makes people happy and makes people love me. Therefore I should lose weight. I should want this. I want mm -hmm. this, the love that I feel I need to survive. 
but what a beautiful reframe almost isn't it that the body the body image wound is a manifestation about love about not feeling Mm -hmm. worthy of love and about that part of you that actually craves love right that craves Mm -hmm. love relationships and I think you and I both know and I hope so many people do you see them in your journey you got to the goal weight and you were like it's a fucking scam right I don't instantly have the perfect partner and you know I'm not engaged and I don't feel Mm -hmm. love right Mm -hmm. it's a fucking scam I thought that Mm -hmm. I was gonna get all these things right Mm -hmm. I, I love using the analogy a woman in New Zealand where I'm from recently won $37 million in the lottery. And I would, you know, I would love to speak to her and be like, what's your experience like? But again, when it comes to love, the money's not going to be enough either. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It will make life so much easier. Absolutely. But when it comes to love, it's not going to fix that for you. Just like the body image side, when you get to your goal weight, you will have that moment where you realize it's not about my body mm-hmm. and that's heartbreaking mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. your clients within your programs have they do they experience that moment or what do they come what do they come to you facing what is the challenge they come to you facing yeah um most of the people that I end up working with are in the phase of life and in the phase of this journey where they're aware of what they're struggling with. They're aware that their self-worth and their body image are getting in the way of their life experience overall. And really the lens that we work through is finding realistic, long-term sustainable wellness habits, and that's mental and physical health. So it's a combination of, you know, having balanced nutrition, but that includes having a good mindset towards food and healing a lot of our past mindsets that we're not self that we're not serving our best self same with movement like having a consistent movement practice but one that you genuinely enjoy and you like want to show up for versus if you take one day one rest day you'll never go back because you actually hate it deep down so it's a lot of finding that balance and using the healing of the body image as the primary motivator to do that because when you have higher self-worth you want to show up for yourself in those ways. So it's almost like two birds with one stone. Like you get to have more self-confidence and then your habits get better. And then because your habits are better, you have more self-confidence. And then with more self-confidence, you can keep the habits consistently. And it just goes around and around in a circle. So it's a great ride, really. We all want to be on it. Yeah. It's it's like an upward spiral. Like everybody talks about downward spirals. We love an upward spiral. spiral. That brings me to my next point which I really that which really was what we had or what I had wanted to talk about today was I see healing whether it's body image whether it's more self-worth whatever it might be I see that journey always as an upward spiral and I always say the new level that you get to on that spiral the same devil is going to come up and I see that for me it's body image yeah So every new level that I get to, every, you know, thing in my life that's going well, or whenever I reach some new amazing breakthrough, whatever it is, or when I'm in times of stress, right? When I'm traveling, when I'm moving, when I'm entering or leaving relationships, for me, the first thing that comes up again, even though I've done, you know, so much healing around it, and I wish sometimes that it didn't exist, but it does. And it's going to be my journey. The body image thing comes up again. I found myself Googling 
a couple of weeks ago when I was in quite a stressful time in my life, I found myself Googling, what time in your cycle are you the lightest weight? Because my brain was going, weigh yourself, because I don't weigh myself anymore. My brain was saying, weigh yourself at the lightest weight so that you can get that dopamine hit and you won't feel as bad about yourself right now. You'll escape some sort of discomfort. And what I wanted to one acknowledge was that when you're in times of stress or even in times where things are going fucking brilliantly and you're going to all new levels, all new sorts of things in life, your same original wound that you've struggled with for most of your life will come back around again, maybe in a slightly new new way, maybe in the same way. But that's because you're on that journey of that upward spiral. And it doesn't mean that you failed, that you've gone backwards. It means that you've literally reached a new level in your life or you're in a stressful situation and your body is going back to your comfortable memories. It's trying to bring you back to where you once were. And it's really actually a sign. I see it now. It's a sign that you're moving forward. And mm-hmm. it's a really powerful shift. I, I do something with my clients called the slow clap. So it's whenever you see your brain taking you back to where you once were with, whether it's confidence, anxiety, body image, whatever it might be, you clap out loud. You give yourself a big slow clap and you say, well done. It's coming up because mm-hmm. I'm moving forward. But what mm-hmm. I want to know from you, Sarah, is I'd love to hear about what that looks like resurfacing for you in your times of stress and transition, like you've been sharing about on social media, moving back from Bali to your hometown for a while, what that's been like and how you've supported yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, First of all, with the healing spiral, I use the same model. And for me, it's as we go around the spiral of moving upwards and getting closer and closer to our most healed truest self we keep hitting that same point over again but you hit it on a higher level like with a higher level of understanding a higher level of skills a a bigger toolbox to process through it and so it is like a little test in a way it's frustrating because it's like I don't want to have to deal with this again come on but you have to always remember in those moments, like, how did I deal with this last time? Because I'm going to be able to get through it more efficiently, better with new understanding or just different perspectives this time. And so, yeah, I really, really love that model. Um, As far as me and things continuing to come up, as we've said, I'm a professional body image coach. Like this is my shit. I work with people all day. I give them advice and I still have body image struggles. And that's completely normal. That's realistic body image. There's this idea that we're given that like body positivity and body love and body acceptance are loving and accepting and feeling positive about yourself all the time and that's just not realistic to the human experience like sadness is part of being happy I'll leave it at that but yeah so for me I've noticed a pattern in myself and if you're noticing a pattern then I'm proud of you for being able to notice it in the first place having a pattern is nothing to be ashamed of because if you notice it you can break it but I've noticed a pattern within myself that when I go through in general periods of stress, like you were saying, but more specifically, uh, like physical transitions. So I, in January, I moved to Bali and then I moved back six months later um, and I'm just home to visit for now. And then I'll go back to Bali. So this is going to happen inevitably again. It'll be easier this time because I understand it, but When I first went to Bali in January and when I came back to America a month ago, the exact same thing happened, which was in a big period of transition, 
I had all of those challenging body image thoughts come back. Like, you're not good enough. You don't look good enough. You're not small enough. You need to lose weight. You need to restrict your food. You should be going to the gym more. You should be stronger. You should be flexible. You should be leaner. All of those thoughts came back. And then when I first got to Bali, I hadn't noticed the pattern yet. I just knew I was experiencing this. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, I thought I was doing so well. I moved to Bali. That's like so cool. I'm so excited. It's amazing here. I've already made friends. They're so nice. Like nothing bad had happened, but I was like, why is this coming up? And I very quickly realized that it wasn't about my actual body. It was about control. Like everything was out of control. Like you said, you can be in periods of really positive change and positive growth. Like you're on the up and up, but everything still is out of your control in a way. You're like, oh my God, I'm changing and growing so fast or something's amazing's happened. I've won the lottery in New Zealand. And that's the key word though, Sarah, isn't it? It's change. Change yeah, exactly. is stressful to the mm-hmm. body whether it's positive or negative yeah yeah so I had this experience when I first got there and I was like I mean it's Bali everybody's beautiful <laughs> and I was like oh my god what the am Bali I gonna babies. do like, yeah yeah I'm bigger and paler and I don't know less sexy than all these people that's how I perceived myself um but then again the same thing happened when I came home and that's not the case here like yeah, where I live is fantastic, but it's not like, it's not Bali in the sense of like the beauty standards right in your face. And it's a place I'm familiar with. Like, why am I feeling like this? And again, it's all about control. So even when I'm making a big move in my life, even when good things are happening to me, my body image can still be vulnerable because I want to feel in control in that moment. And my, my brain is looking at like, okay, what can you control right now? Because your location's out of your control, your workflow's a little bit out of your control, your social life's a little bit out of your control, your body and your food and your movement as a result. And so that's the first thing that my brain jumps to because we've been taught for years since since before we could even read like, oh, you don't like yourself, change how you look, that'll fix it. And so it's that pattern coming up again. And I have to talk back to it and then really be like, no, you've done that before. You know, it doesn't work you know, that it doesn't work for most people. Like it's not going to help you now or in the long run, think about your future self. And I have to really talk myself out of it and ask myself instead, like, okay, you want to feel again, safe, which is a form of love. And you want to feel in control of your life. Where can you seek control and comfort? And instead of restricting my food or going to the gym obsessively or trying to change what I look like any other way, I find that comfort and love and control through putting myself out there and making new friends in Bali or reconnecting with old friends when I'm here or spending time with my parents when I'm home like making really nutrient dense but delicious meals too and honoring cravings like I can control my food choices and my movement and my relationships and my life in a really positive way Mm. and that's the control I choose over the negative talk in my brain telling me to do all the things I know don't serve me. Totally. That was such a cool little, I just jotted down like the three-step method essentially. So, because my next question was going to be, how can somebody support themselves when they're in that moment? But what you just really highlighted there was these three steps, which was the first one was pattern, identify and acknowledge that you're in a pattern again and that it's okay, Mm -hmm. right? And the second one you said really beautifully, talk back to it, talk back to that part of you that is wanting to go down that road like yell back to it like be be a bitch yeah. like be angry be, be like you, yeah. you do not have my best interest in mind get away like yeah, I yeah. love that 
And then you really highlighted something beautiful, which in my world, I call it reparenting, but you identified the need. So you worked out mm -hmm. it's about control, right? I'm feeling mm -hmm. out of control right now and I need control to feel safe again, mm -hmm. or at least as part of me does. And so you be so beautifully, you just met your own needs. You went and searched, okay, I know my brain's looking for the easiest way to meet that need of control again and safety. In the past, it's been by controlling my food and my movement. But in my future, what's going to actually be beneficial to me and a way I can meet this need that's going to help me is by, you know, going out and meeting new friends, by cooking delicious and nutritious meals, by honoring my cravings. And that gives mm -hmm. you that same sense of control. And that meets that need for you, which creates more safety in your body, which again, mm -hmm. it allows you to essentially call your higher self or your truest self, whatever you want to call it. It allows you to bring that part of you back in to the driver's seat, right? So it's mm -hmm. really like finding a way to meet your own needs in a way that's beneficial to you. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Is there anything you'd add to that? Yes. No. Perfect. Yes, exactly that. I'll ask again, what, is there anything that you can think of at the moment that people need to know when they're in those moments, when the body image wound is resurfacing? What is really mm. that you have seen work best for your clients? I really feel like it goes back to that community that we were talking about. Like you need people, you need them. You need people in your life who understand it's part of you. For a lot of people, they don't have maybe like friends or family that are on that same wavelength. And so they end up working with somebody like me. And that's the beauty of the world that we live in today. Like you can connect with me regardless of where you're from because we have the internet, but you need people to validate how you're feeling and what you're experiencing as important and as hard and as, you know, something that doesn't serve you. And we don't all have that community. And so regardless of where you find it, whether it's through friends or family or a therapist or social media or a coach like me, having that community and that validation, which I think validation a lot of times is like this negative word, but not all validation is bad. Again, validation is a form of love. Like it's um, all about love. And that validation is about acceptance, right? It's about yeah. creating and yeah. meeting like those core human needs we have. Two of them are acceptance and belonging. And that yeah. validation, both when other people give it to you and when you give it to yourself, that yes. meets that need of belonging and acceptance. And again, you yeah. hit it perfectly on the nail on the head there. You create safety for mm -hmm. yourself, within yourself and within your place in the world. So mm -hmm. I really love this because it's basically we're saying the root of body image is actually connection and love. And mm -hmm finding your place in the world, right? It's about, mm -hmm. it's so funny, isn't it? Because it's about so much more than your body, right? Yeah. Again, what's the easiest way to establish control and try and fix yourself? Body, because of the messages mm -hmm. that we see in our society, from our society around us. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. What an incredible yeah. conversation. And I love that we've hit these really powerful points to follow. Yeah. Sarah, you are absolutely incredible and so brave and courageous. I have one final, final question, which is how the fuck did you get so brave and courageous on social media in your journey? Mm. Yeah. 
I've been doing like, for so long enough just, that maybe like, it's Maybelline, you know. <laughs> I I have always been like bold, yeah. Um, to a fault, I have not always been confident. It's different. It's absolutely different. Um, there's some overlap, but I, yeah, I think that it's really that community. And I know I've said it a thousand times, but like, like I said earlier. I was sharing to a very small, like less than a hundred people on this like eating disorder. Well, my blog was eating disorder recovery. So like post-fitness pre-coaching when we're in the eating disorder recovery chapter, less than a hundred people just like sharing my own experience. And sometimes I would post things and be like, I feel crazy or I feel like a fraud in recovery or I feel like, you know, I've, I've done something wrong. I feel like I'm being dramatic, all of those negative things that we say about our own experiences to ourselves. And then somebody else would validate it. And they would say, you know, like, thank you so much for putting this into words. Like, I have not been able to do that myself. And it's so valuable to me. And it's like, understanding how much we can help other people has always been something that's really important to me. Like, I've always been the friend that gives advice. I've always been the friend that everyone calls like the group therapist or the group mom, like, but on social media, it really was like, the more I was bold and, and vulnerable and open, the more it helped me and the more it helped other people. Like it's really both of those. It's not just one. It's not just, this is the best thing for me. This is the best thing for other people. It is both because it makes it that community. It makes that connection. I so and that's been the feeling for that. me. Yes. Yeah, I get like anxious yeah. sometimes about sharing certain topics, like the small being the bigger friend, or I was really, I was terrified to post on Instagram when I first got to Bali and was like, I want to lose weight right now. Like those are the thoughts in my brain. I was terrified or I've been vegetarian for like almost eight years. And I like have slowly started removing labels from my diet, which includes eating a little bit of meat here and there. Like I was terrified to share those things. And the ones that I'm afraid to share the most have been the, the topics that are like the most connected for people. Because if I'm scared to share it and I'm this bold, I know other people are too. And yeah. that just that just fortifies like, okay, if you're scared right now to talk about this, then it must be because other people are sharing, struggling with this too. So you sharing is only going to help. So it's, it's like a snowball. Just keep getting bolder. <laughs> it does, right? And I, I so wholeheartedly agree that the vulnerability of somebody on social media, like I myself experience this a lot, me being vulnerable on social media is just as healing for other people as it is for myself. And it's mm -hmm. a scary process to go through, but it's pretty powerful. It's like when you yeah. have, you know, when you've been building up like something that you're afraid of and having a conversation with a friend about it, you know, and saying, oh, you know, all this stuff's coming up. I feel like a fraud. Well, this is happening. Well, this sucks. Or I've noticed this when you have those conversations with people or on social media or with your family, with a therapist, with a coach, whoever it is, when you have those conversations, it literally lightens the load, you know, mm -hmm. you remove or release the shame around the internal shame that you're creating around the topic itself, right? It's like when you let it out and when you have somebody, again, you've got to choose these people wisely sometimes. And that's why social media is a bit risky because it's quite scary yeah. you don't know who's going to come back. Yeah. But when you're first starting that journey of vulnerability, which I believe in all healing, again, whether it's body image, anxiety, confidence, self-worth, daddy issues, whatever it might be, vulnerability is really key because mm -hmm. 
when we think of what's wrong with us, what emotion that creates in the body and the energy that we hold is shame. And shame is at the root of so many, not only, you know, illnesses like anxiety and depression, but also manifestations of physical illness like chronic pain. Shame is at the root of that. And we're seeing more and more research show us this now, you know? So it is important that connection, that community, being vulnerable and being brave. Brene Brown, if you don't know who Brene Brown is, please go listen to her TED talk on vulnerability. I love her. And read her, her. read her books because she truly has gotten to the root of how to heal shame and how to find peace within yourself. And it's about being vulnerable and having those moments with people wherever you can get it. And that is why I think both Sarah and I exist as coaches because people need safe spaces to start that journey of vulnerability around, to start that journey of, I accept myself, other people accept me, I'm not broken, nothing's wrong with me. And I also get to choose to start doing things differently now. It's really, I think probably you and I are both in similar work of actually helping people build safety and confidence within themselves rather than even doing whatever it is that they're coming in to figure out. It's about building that safety and confidence and acceptance about their experience, about whatever it is that you're fucking going through, about whatever, you know, horrific thoughts you have inside your head. Um, for me, especially after my eating disorder, I I entered into irritable bowel syndrome territory. Literally, mm. when I was essentially crapping myself on a daily basis. I could not hold anything in my body. And, I, and sharing about that, sharing with my friends and family when I'm feeling anxious about food or about my stomach. And it was the same with the eating disorder and the body image wounding, just sharing that stuff and sharing the thought takes away the power from it. And I think that's mm -hmm. what you can do so beautifully on social media is you don't put yourself on a freaking pedestal and stay that I'm fully healed. I never experienced body image ever. It's like, this is real life and it's going to come back mm -hmm. and bite me in the bum sometimes. And it sucks, but it's here and I want to mm -hmm. share that. So I want to have the tool to get through it. That's the most yes, important part. Do. I will teach you how. Yeah, ah. exactly. So Sarah, it's tell us about, yeah. And Sarah, tell us about what sort of programs you're offering how people can work with you. You are at Sarah mm -hmm. in yellow on social media. Please go and follow her. It will put a yeah. smile on your face. If you, especially if you're having a bad body image day, there's a few people. I did this big cull of my Instagram about a year ago, actually, when my body image, I was really, it had come back around again in a new way. And I culled a bunch of people from my Instagram and I went out specifically and I searched for people who were speaking openly about things like having a soft belly and it's so incredibly powerful to be able to have that on your social media rather than something else, you know, but mm -hmm. tell us how people can find you, how they can work with you and all that goodness. Yes. So Sarah in yellow, like the color, um, yellow is my favorite color in my state of joy as a result. So in yellow is me being happy, living my best life, but on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube, um, all that, as far as working with me, I run a group that I love. I literally woke up this morning. It's Monday morning when we're recording this. And so it's like the first message I'm going to send them this week. And I was like, I'm obsessed with these girls. Um, I run a currently all-female group coaching circle for women that want to take back their life from diet culture and find consistent wellness habits through nutrition, through movement, through boundary setting body image, all of the things, relationships, self-talk, 
get your shit together with all of that at once in an intensive style program. One that gives you that community that we've talked about so much. So I've done one-on-one coaching for a long time. I still do one-on-one. If that's what you're more comfortable with, you can just send me a DM on Instagram and say, hey, I would love to know about coaching. And I will, no pressure, give you all the details. And you but also work with men as well. Just sorry to interrupt I you. do. Yes. 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 I work with uh, people of all ages. If you are under 18, you just need to have parental permission. I've done that before. I love the work that I do with, I mean, the younger you are, the the more time we have to, to grow and heal and have, you know, such a beautiful life. But I also have clients that are in their 60s and 70s who have been put onto this work through their own experiences and saying enough is enough, or they have daughters or sons who have gone through healing and they've really, you know, taken a a note from their children. So all ages, all genders, uh, all locations, as long as we can make the time zones work, which trust me, I'm a crazy person with call times. I will. (laughs) I am so dedicated to that. Um, Yeah. Everybody all walks of life because we can all struggle with our body image. But yes, I really love this group coaching circle. I've been running cohorts of lately. It's called the dream girl circle. It is female only right now, but when you said earlier, like, you know, your highest self, your best self, whatever you want to call it, my brain was like my dream girl, because that really <laughs> is me. this concept of dream girl is very much like a, the perfect woman that we see when we're growing up, like, I don't know, Jennifer Aniston in the 90s movie. And for me, my dream girl is my best version of myself. So this program is all about finding the best version of you and defining very individually what that looks like, and really getting clear on how different that is for everybody, how unique that is and how that's perfectly okay. We're all going to look different. We're all going to do things differently. We're all going to eat different, move different. We're going to find what's best for you and how to make it sustainable for you long-term. So I really, really value that group. Um, The next cohort is opening in October. I will be back in Bali already, but it'll be in the like accommodating American time zones. I'm also hoping to open a cohort that accommodates like Middle East and European time zone as well, also in October. So if you're interested in that, please let me know because I need to know how how interested people are before I open the cohort. Um, But yes, I work with people all over the globe as long as we can make the time zones work. Send me a message on Instagram, ideally. Uh, It's the easiest way. Um, And just let me know that you're interested in learning more about coaching. It's no obligation, but I love to talk about the options with people. And I'd love to get you into this, this next cohort of the group, or we'll set up one-on-one if that's what you're more comfortable with. But yeah, I love that. I love that. And I love what you said there, that it's no obligation, you know, and the same for me too, right? It's be brave and have that moment where you send the message and say, Hey, I need a little bit more information about what it looks like, you know, financially, is it accessible to me? What do you cover? Mm -hmm. Meet any requirements? What time does it take? You know, mm-hmm. be brave and send the send the message to the coach. Send that first DM. Yeah. That is your first step. I'm so, it's the first I love step yeah. towards being your highest self, your dream girl, your best self, yeah. whatever you want to call it. It really is the first step. And it's such a brave and courageous act and really deep rooting into that vulnerability that we've been speaking about because you're reaching out, you're reaching out for connection in your struggle. Mm-hmm. And it's the hardest mm-hmm. moment to do it when you're realizing wow, enough is enough. I need to take mm-hmm. back control. I need to do something about this. I've tried everything else or I've tried everything I can that's within my own knowledge, but now I need help and support. And there's no shame in that. But yeah, mm-hmm. reach out, send that first DM to, you know, there's so many amazing therapists, coaches, practitioners, 
like all through social media that you can reach these days, which I think is so fucking powerful, right? Like mm-hmm. first of all, to be able to see so many different people and so many, like you must have clients. So do I from all over the world, you know, I had all a client, over. It's so cool. Yeah, it's crazy. So I had a client cool. from Dubai and I was like, how the yep. heck do you even find I have a couple from Dubai actually. Yeah. How funny is that? Yeah. It's crazy. So yeah, send that message. And I, I really love that point that you shared. It's, it's no obligation. Just learn a little yeah. bit more, be brave and take that step, whatever it might look like to anyone. And I think Sarah, this is so true that you'll probably resonate with as well. When it comes to choosing the coach or the healer or the practitioner or the therapist that you want to work with on your healing journey, you have to have it where you have to choose somebody that you resonate with. And that looks like everybody, you know, and there was a really big um, movement in the coaching industry last year where it was like, if I trigger you, you need to work with me. If I trigger the fuck out of you, you know, you need to come and work with me and fix this trigger. Um, and it was really aggressive and it was really shameful. Yeah. It was like, sounds really aggressive. Yeah. It was really <laughs> aggressive. I was talking about it with my friend the other day and it's really shifted. It's really, I, it's been beautiful to see that people are going, actually, maybe you're being triggered for a reason. Like sure, there's stuff coming yeah. up, but would you necessarily be in the best vulnerable safe space to be able to open up about whatever challenges you're facing, you know? So find that person. I am trauma informed. Just want to put that out there for people. That does not sound in alignment with trauma informed care. No, not at all. Right. But yeah, I think finding that person that you connect with on whatever level that might be and, and taking part in that first step towards Mm healing and growing and becoming your best self is the bravest thing that you can do I know that so many of Mm -hmm. my own clients as yours will say like Mm -hmm. when I sent that first message I was shitting myself or I was so nervous and it's the best decision I've ever made you know I would never look back and I consistently hear that yes yeah exactly beautiful eh? well thank you so much Sarah for this amazing vulnerable loving conversation I really appreciate you and the work that you do and your your bravery and courage like yeah you are one of my favorite people to look at on Instagram when I'm struggling with my body image like you know I do often you know and it's really amazing to have people to go specifically to them and go okay they get it you know and they're promoting something Mm -hmm. so thank you Mm -hmm. I see you yeah. and I acknowledge how awesome you are in the world. And thank you. Oh, right back at you. Is there anything you want yes. to say about to the listeners before we close? <sighs> no, send that first DM. Remember, it's all about love. And we're only going up from here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're only going up from here. Thank you so Upward much. Spiral. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Boundless Self podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, I want your help as this podcast is brand spanking new. Please leave a review and give it five stars as this really helps the podcast to be more visible on my podcast hosting platforms. And the number one thing you can do to help is to please share this. Share this episode with anyone you think wants to be or is already on the journey to becoming boundless. Share this to your social media stories and make sure to tag me. I'm at Kathleen.mindsetcoach. If you are struggling and want further support with everything I've spoken about today, you've loved the vibe of this podcast, there are multiple ways to work with me. 
Right now, I have four spots open to join my signature 12-week one-to-one transformation program. This program is a place of deep healing and transformation. For those of you who know, you've been carrying some stuff around for way too long and you're ready to deal with your shit. You just know that change is possible. Inside of this program, we work very closely together with myself and another practitioner to help you on the journey of making your dream life a reality. We do this way to learn more is by booking in a free connection call with me. I'll drop the link to my calendar below in the show notes. This is a free 30-minute chat, just you and me, to really get to know each other, explore the areas that you've been struggling in, and explore how this program can help you on your journey to becoming boundless. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Here's to becoming your most boundless self, and I will see you in the next episode.